welcome to season three of the Lifestyle Chase, and I'm your host, Chris Little. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. To help this podcast grow, please share it on social media, rate five stars, tell your friends, and check out the past 140 episodes and counting. You can follow me on Instagram at Christian Little and at The Lifestyle Chase. Thanks for listening. Let's get started. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. I am joined by the one and only Dean Guido slash Guido slash Guido slash just jacked dude in a stringer tee. No one says that. <laughs> so um, this is episode 170 and this is your third appearance on the Lifestyle Chase. Your first one was episode three, September 19th, 2018. Second one was episode 113 almost exactly a year ago april 13th 2020 and we kind of talked about the pandemic a little bit so it's just kind of cool to like see where we're at today it's april 15th 2021 how are you doing uh tell me a bit more about this thing you're doing right now you're you're walking on a treadmill while you're on a podcast yeah i don't i want to address the first thing it's like it doesn't even seem like a year partially because like we we like like we just talked whatever a few days ago you came over um to the backyard socially distanced completely <laughs> it was totally legal it actually was like i know people will say that with quotations it was like it was literally as legal as humanly possible um but yeah it doesn't seem like that long ago like even the first one but like what am i doing now i'm walking yeah like i'm i'm at this phase and i know we're going to talk about it a little bit later with being a dad but like i don't care anymore so it's like I'm on a walking treadmill. I use it for work and like I try to get my steps in. And, like my main thing that I talk to people about just because I'm a nutrition coach and I work for a company called Strong You is like, like, yeah, you got to get your steps in and all this crap. And it, it was total bullshit in the sense that I was like super inactive the second COVID hit because I was only online at that point. It's super cold here. And like I had like 2000 steps and I'm like, man, I'm so full of shit. <laughs> and so this was a modern day solution. To a modern day problem of, of inactivity generally starting from having jobs that are sedentary nothing we could do we need to make money but this was like my way of hacking that for nutrition and wellness purposes and it's like been the best change ever as much as like i hate talking about treadmills and walking on it because I, I hate cardio and i hate i don't hate walking but it's just weird and but i'm i'm that guy now <laughs> i'm less of a jack guy and a stringer like I still wear the stringer, but now like I walk on a treadmill. So like a lot of that identity of like being jacked is like totally out the window now. So, so like, do you have a standing desk there, or like well, what's the setup for your computer or whatever? Yeah, I would I would show you, but I'm in my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably like, I guess it's it, it really just I like, standing desks are or sorry treadmill desks are really expensive. So like when I looked into like how do I have this, I saw. With my sister-in-law she's like yeah i just got a treadmill and i put a piece of wood on it i'm like yeah well i have a imac two monitors or uh well i have an imac plus a monitor like it's 27 inch imac and then i have stuff like i have podcast stuff that i that you now have and i have microphones and anyways i was like a piece of wood isn't going to cut it like that's super scary and so yeah like i looked online and like so like three thousand dollars to get to canada for a treadmill desk because it's literally a treadmill and a desk 
So, like, so is that what you got? Like an actual no, legit? Okay. No, I was like, I'm not. Like, could I afford that? Possibly. Could I like live with myself for paying that much? No, absolutely not. Like I have like other stuff to put my money into. But I got, I converted an old. This is how cheap I am. Like converted an old. Like, we live in an older house now. Like we downsized. Probably since last time, or maybe the first time. Anyways, an old closet door, and I put mechanical legs on it, like electric legs on it. You can basically part it out, and that costs two hundred dollars because the legs are two hundred dollars. You buy it all put together, it's like six hundred dollars. It cost me two hundred, and then I just bought um, like a Costco, essentially a walking treadmill, and I just put it underneath. And I'm like, there's my walking desk for under a thousand dollars. That's you, legit. Company who's taking advantage of it, but. Yeah, you kind of inspired me. Like, I might have to do a setup like that because, like, getting steps is is pretty important, and it's something that if it could be a bit more convenient, that would be nice. Because, like, I've just found myself going to the park and just going. I basically go go from Gold Bar to yeah. uh, Strathcona Science Park and back, and it's a long walk and it takes a while. And if I could like integrate that into like my work on the computer, that would be ideal. Well, and it's like the integration piece that's huge. Like, like I'm not like, so like I deal in nutrition and I deal with clients and like the walking piece is like helpful. They can eat more food. They can be more active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't my thing. Like I don't have, like I'm not dieting. And I, it was more of like a feeling thing, like just getting in the hip extension and like just a lot of my injuries was from like sedentary behavior and I felt bad. I don't feel as good as walking outside, obviously, but there was a hack here. And the, the point of it was is that I can't get around it because it sits under my desk and my desk isn't a laptop. It's an iMac. It's plugged into the wall. And like, I have a fold up treadmill, like, so it folds up and I was like, yeah, 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 I'll pull it out when I get tired. And I'll just like put my, because I have the electric desk and all you can use the motorized function. And that never happened. Cause like, it's a pain in the ass to like relevel it. And so it's an automatic thing now. Now if I'm working, I'm on here and it's like, wow, I'm at 12,000 steps and I got like, another hour of work left, I guess I'm walking more. And so it's been like, like in terms of all the other stuff that it's helpful for, which I don't care about, I'm getting automatically just because I can't get around it. So in terms of habit formation, it's great because it's a big pain in the ass to move. Well, it's just is, funny. Like, it's like, for? you got to send an email. It's like, shit, I got to walk like a kilometer while I send this email. Like, that's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> well, I, there's ways around it. I have a laptop, but yeah, like for the most part, it's like, ah, uh, and I wanted it that way because I know, like, for human personality, I'm going to take the easiest route to get the thing that I want done. And, like, I'm very much like that, like 100%. And so that really screwed me up. And I was even trying to get around that by buying a foldable treadmill. And little did I know, it's, a, it's way more effort than I'm really willing to do. So the steps are happening regardless. Awesome. So yeah. I was listening to our last episode. And so, like, the last episode was when you're in your your new place like i i came and i helped you move so it was kind of cool to be part of like the whole experience yeah. of like taking the adjustable dumbbells like up and down stairs and like the the platform and all that stuff and it's like yeah. um to see all these different phases and changes and stuff and for anybody that like wants that perspective like go back and listen to episode three because it was like right after like the gym that we worked together kind of was about to shut yeah. down and then episode 113 you were coming back from costa rica and i heard yeah. this part and you were like god forbid that covid lasts more than three months <laughs> and i just burst out laughing i was like we had no idea like what was no. gonna happen 
And so, like, what are three things that you kind of were enlightened on since that moment? Like, since realizing, like, this is kind of more of a long haul than anything else? Yeah, like, and for anyone listening, this isn't pre-planned. I'm, like, thinking, like, fuck, I got to come up with three things. (laughs) (laughs) There's a million, but, like, yeah, like, things changed a lot for me, too, during that time. I know we'll probably talk about it, but, like, Andrew got pregnant, like, I got back from Costa Rica and like, I don't know if I knew when we did that podcast, when did we do the pot? It was April. I definitely knew. Nah, yeah. eh, maybe, maybe we found, no, we found out after that. I don't think we knew at that point. Um, but when we found out, it was like, Oh, COVID's happening for real. And so I changed a lot of things regardless of COVID. But the main thing was like, now I'm living life for someone else. And I was like a lot more, I guess, regardless of the information out there, I was a lot more um, risk adverse. And it's it's hard. It's not necessarily hard, but it's it's you have to. If you're, if you're looking to be risk adverse, it's tough when it's like you don't know what everyone else is doing. And COVID really highlighted that because like, oh damn, like like at that point, there's like a no one really knew what was going on. So you had to be super risk adverse. So it's just weird. One of the main things was just like seeing how people don't trust people. I know it's a weird thing, but like you go to the grocery store and it's like, you're like, oh, like what's this person been doing? I don't know if that's something I learned. <laughs> it's like interesting to see the, I guess, the dynamics at play and then just understanding where you fall there and like what your priorities are. So like really it, the first thing would be like, it really gets people to figure out their priorities, whatever that was. And for me, it was at that point, kid, and being safe and then how do you be safe you wash your hands you would do all this stuff and i'm like man i never did any of that like i'm i'm the asshole who like didn't wash my hands <laughs> my wife's probably listening be like what the hell but yeah um was specifically the question because like now i'm gonna go and forget because honestly you covered a lot of bases there like one thing that's common with with our interviews together is we tend to go off on sand tangents and like open up sidebars and that's totally yeah. fine um, well, it's a hard question. That's why, I, like, I literally, that's my way of getting around, like, answering three big things since then. Because the the I can I can answer this. I'll do it like simply without being an asshole. Being outside and getting like physical activity was something that I knew was important, but I was doing. And until that's taken away, and you're like, you can't do this thing. You're like, oh, well, what else can I do? And you're like, oh, I can't do that because that's close. Oh, I can't do this. This is close. I can't go for dinner with my friends. The the value of just simple things like walking in the sun and we kind of talked about was like something that I don't think I'll ever let go now because now the simplicity is something that we don't have to pay for. And I would have, and it actually aligned with my goals because I'm super cheap and I'm like, Oh, this is way, way better. It's free. Um, and it's been right here the whole time. Well, crazy, crazy world we live in. So that would be number two. That makes sense. And then number three is that once, once you're <laughs> Netflix doesn't have that many good shows. It seems like it does, but it like, like I get how they get you now. They have something kind of recurring every three months. But when you watch all the stuff that you kind of caught up on, there's nothing good for two or three months. And then you're just waiting. And I'm like, damn, that's how they get you. But now with COVID, they need more shows. So that would be my third thing. Well, my biggest thing was I made like the the commitment to myself that I wasn't going to watch Tiger King. I was I'm not going to let them like bring me in i'm just going to stay outside and not understand it like i haven't even watched the mandalorian i just like i go to youtube and i search baby yoda and i watch the the, the highlights <laughs> like yeah. 
but uh nonetheless like when you first realized you're gonna be a dad like what was that like for you i'd imagine it was kind of something that was sort of like in your plans you don't accidentally just become a dad but like well people do but well yeah i don't i don't <laughs> accidentally do shit <laughs> <laughs> but what was like Try your initial reaction my initial reaction was it was like 4 30 in the morning so i don't know why she got up at 4 30 but she was like you know, I'm pregnant. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, you sure you're sure. You're. She's like, no, 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 I am. I'm like, oh, like this is real. And then so I couldn't get back to sleep. So that kind of sucked. But it was like a really cool moment because it was like I won't forget that because it wasn't just like it was like literally abruptly waking up at 4:30. I say abruptly. She was nice about it, but I was like, why are you waking me up? And then she's like, this is like big news. And so my initial reaction was like I was super pumped because like we'd been trying for a while. And so it was like timing wise. I think it was perfect. It ended up being perfect, but it was a lot because it was like at that point we would have just finished our podcast talking about oh, hopefully COVID doesn't last any longer than three months, and then like oh, like the world is changing. So like, what does that look like? I wasn't planning on dealing with this shit, and so that would have been my first thing. My second thing was I had a this is a cool story, and I think it's cool, but like no one might think it's cool, but I remember it vividly. And I think I told you, it's like I stopped like caring about strength training and deadlifting heavy. And so that day found out like, whatever we're pregnant. And like I'd been working up to try to hit like a 750 pound deadlift. Like it was just kind of something I had in my mind. I wanted to beat my PR and do it conventional without a belt and whatever. Like that day was the worst training session ever. And I was like, I don't like really care about this. And I just like cold turkey didn't deadlift after that. Like I haven't deadlifted since other than like, like I was trying some technique stuff, but I haven't deadlifted since, and it's been like great. But it was the thought of like, oh, <laughs> if I keep going after these crazy strength tools, I'm gonna be super fucked up. And if I'm super fucked up, I probably can't like do stuff with my kid. And I just refuse. Like I said, I plan to have this kid, and I plan to be around. And so, like, I don't want that stuck for them. And so, like, it was weird because like the whole thing kind of shifted almost instantaneously because anyone who knows me it was like what <laughs> you stopped dead living. I'm like yeah like done completely done so that was the second thing that was that was like two monumental things and that, I remember that vividly and that was that one day and so there's a huge shift in like priorities within like a 12-hour stretch because I still thought I could do it I was like yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be fine and then the deadlift I was like yeah no like I'm scared of like breaking my back and I'm scared anyways on a good day. And now I'm like real scared. And so I was like, yeah, it's not worth it. So that was my long winded um, monumental moment of phase shifting or whatever. Well, I mean like anybody that knows you and has followed you, like it, it's almost hard to take you seriously when you say that you stopped deadlifting and in the best yeah. way, cause it's like your identity and it's yeah, like absolutely. the number of podcasts that are on the internet where you have a 700 pound deadlift, like that yeah. it's made clear, but yeah, you have to lead with that. <laughs> with that being said, it, it's pretty realistic to have that, um, like pointed out because like kind of my weird vision for, for like the fitness industry is for people to actually be able to like live normal lives while being in the fitness industry. So like growing a family, going on vacations, not being like that sleazy business coach in front of the Ferrari, like actually being like realistic people and like being able to, um, advance and like scale up in, in such a way that like 
when you're 60, you have a comfortable living and you're not still doing like one-on-one training sessions, 40 hours a week kind of thing. Um, with, with that being said, with how you stopped deadlifting, like, what did you replace it with? Like, uh, did you, aside from walking, like what, what did you start doing and why did you start doing it? Yeah. Like I I know you already know the answer. This is a great question. (laughs) (laughs) They usually say it's like, Oh, and then I repeat the question like, Oh, what did I do? Um, Honestly, at, at the moment, I just replaced it with training that wasn't, like, risky. Not that it's risky, but, like, anyone who's, like, delved in, like, high-level strength sports is, like, it's not safe. And it's not good for you. Like, there's no, like, redeeming factors of it. It's, like, getting strong has a complete cost. And it's super risky. And so what I did was I did things that were less risky. Like, like I just, I just stopped deadlifting just because I knew if I didn't stop deadlifting, my my knee pain and stuff, stuff that I've been dealing with for years, just from surgeries and football, I knew weren't going to get better with deadlift because it's like, that's the one thing I like to do. And if I do it, like all, like all gloves are off. It's like, I don't give a shit what happens, even if it hurts. And I was like, I can't be around that. Even if it's like 400 pounds, it's like, it's, <laughs> if someone was around me and they're like, Oh, like how much do you live? Like, let's put on more weight. Like, this is just like, get this done. Or if I'm like around people in Costa Rica, they're all deadlifting. Like I'm gonna go deadlift and I'm gonna try to win. And it's just the bad look. So I stopped it. But what did I replace it with? It just it was more hypertrophy training. Like I just cut out stuff that hurt, <laughs> which sounds like super screwed up. But like stuff that I had been attached ego wise to, I kind of just tried to cut out all that stuff, which didn't leave much. <laughs> so. Um, at that point, when did I do? It was almost, that would have been April, March. I just did everything the same, except for I didn't deadlift and I didn't bench with an arch. So not much. And then I adjusted some stuff and then I replaced it with jiu-jitsu, 100%. And so that's when I pretty much stopped lifting. That was, I can maintain muscle mass on certain odd things, but I replaced it with something else, which is probably just as risky and just as unsafe, but it's not like, I'm not attached to it in the same way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like, with regards... I got all the stuff I'm attached to. <laughs> with regards so, like, to... Sorry, like, I, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was, I'm, I'm going to cut you off because I was like, I didn't explain myself. Right, but I cut out all the stuff that I was super attached to because it's like, oh, like I know people talk about ego and all this stuff, but I was like, if I'm attached to it, I'm just going to get rid of it because like, I know that's the hard thing to do. And I was like, I wonder how I'll be if I do that. And then I was fine. And then I replaced it with something else that I'm not attached to. Now I'm attached to it, but in a different way that's not like associated with pain and injury. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, you basically threw out all your own teddy bears, like all your exercise teddy bears, you threw them out the window yourself. No, I cut them up. And then I was (laughs) like, I tried to put them back together a little bit. I was like, yeah, like this isn't worth it. And then I threw them out and then like, I like got rid of even like the scent of it. Like I took Febreze and I like sprayed it around and then I vacuumed like 10 times and then I cleaned with chlorine. Cause I was like, if I smell a deadlift, it's like, like, I don't even, like, did I tell you, like I sold all my gym, like I didn't sell all my gym equipment, but I sold, this is, so, this is how screwed up it is. I sold like, I don't have, I used to have like 800 pounds of weight. Now I have 500 and whatever I can, I can max out like 585 on my deadlift. So I can't even do a 700 pound deadlift or anything above 600 where it kind of gets crazy. So like I knew, so that's the chlorine. It's like, get rid of all the weights too. Bye. See ya. <laughs> so, and that makes sense. Like it's kind of, 
you basically became what I do. Like I, I just kind of like I'm on on the outer fringes. I want to be strong. I want to like look strong, but I don't need to like push myself into a wall to get there kind of thing. Like to some degree. Yeah. yeah, Like effort matters and like intensity matters. Um, but like your deadlifts were basically my spin classes. Like a couple of years ago, I, you couldn't tear me away from a spin class. And then I've noticed that during like COVID, just so much stuff has changed. So many priorities have changed. I'm like, I, sometimes I watch videos. I'm like, I don't really need any of that anymore. Like, just oh. give me a bike, just get my conditioning up, make sure I don't like have a heart attack or anything. And I'm good to go. Like, I don't need so much of what used to be my identity. So I can kind of relate to that whole experience with, uh, with the deadlift, but I kind of want to know more about like what intrigued you with jujitsu, like kind of talk a bit more about that. Yeah. Like, so I talk about getting rid of all my teddy bears. Like I didn't want to get rid of myself because like regardless of whether it was deadlifting or strength, like I'm a competitive person and I do not want to give that up. It's like, again, I'm a new father. I think like a lot of the things that I learned through sports and through through competition and through training are, are very helpful. Like they're the teaching lessons there, regardless of whether you have a coach, it's like it's, when I was a teacher, it's like the hidden curriculum, like the hidden curriculum of sports and competition is that, you don't get a free pass and like you don't get they, they give participation medals but like a lot of the times to like be a starter or to win like you have to like do the work yeah you can show up and get a participation medal but like you don't get the win or like you don't get this or you don't get that you don't get a 700 pound deadlift unless you actually put the training in, unless you're like a freak athlete. in that case like throw it all out the window but like there's not that many of those people um jujitsu was something i was interested in as a kid um in high school like my buddy Andrew Martin, he's actually, I don't know if he's listening to this, but he's from, he's from St. Albert area. So he, he probably seen fitness stuff he's into. Uh, but he took me to a jujitsu class and it was awesome. Like I loved it, but I had just made uh, the provincial team for football and like I had a scholarship riding on it. And so there was, it was just like, I was like I get injured here and I liked football and I like have a feature in it. And so I didn't do it. And so I put it on the back burner and then Jeff hacked. You, you probably know Jeff, like he's, he's been around involved. Yeah. We did one of our uh, CanFit courses together. Fun fact. So, uh, yeah. good times. Yeah. So shout out to Jeff. I, I played football with Jeff for the longest time and we used to be training partners at the speed and strength place we'd have. So he'd come home for summers and we'd train together. And it was highly respect his opinion on stuff and like what he does. Cause we're kind of similar in the sense, like we're super competitive. He's a little bit crazier than me. Um, so that's a fun fact. Jeff's super crazy, but <laughs> He's someone I respect in terms of like his sport choices and stuff. And he had um, an Instagram video of him, or maybe it was a picture of him getting his blue belt. And I was like, and, and Jeff and I are, are fairly close. Like we, we keep taps on each other. And so I messaged him and I was like, yo, and I'm probably like the, the loser person that everyone kind of hears about. And they're like, oh, like they don't know what they're getting into. But like, I wanted to ask some questions because I was already interested for a while of doing it because of COVID and trying to replace something. I was like, I'm missing something. And so it was that, and then he got me kind of interested in like, okay, I could do this. How could I fit this in my schedule? And essentially I was scared to do it more or less because like, again, all the same reasons, injury, yada, 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 um, being new at something, sucking at something, something that like Jeff was like, listen, it's like, it's like a long road to so like get prepared. And that's why I did it because essentially that's exactly what I want. I want something that's hard. <laughs> I want something that takes a lot of effort. I want something that you don't get a free pass. And I wanted something that you don't just like 
walk in and like you've earned people's respect. Like because I was a football player in college and all this stuff, it's like there's a certain expectation. There's not that when you go there. Like they almost like value that. It's like, yeah, let's show this dude he can't like do anything. And so it was perfect for my mindset to do that. And then I just fell in love with it because again, in that type of environment, I generally thrive on that type of stuff because I get interested and because I suck and having a team and having a coach, like being so stupid at something and then having like the teacher or professor or whatever that like Luke Harris, but he's like, I just go by Luke, but like someone who says, Hey, you like that, like it just happened just this week. He was like, essentially we were doing this like throwing drill and he's like, yeah, you need to do this, this and this. And it was like all the main teaching points because I was doing as a partner. And I was like, just say it's like complete shit. Like everything about that looks like shit. I like that because it's, I'm not good at it. And so what do you do? You research anyways, it, it like fit everything that I was looking for. And that's why I did it because again, trying to replace something, but I also want, I want that. Like you need something to drive you. And that was, it checked all the boxes. Yeah. I mean, that completely makes sense. And you kind of like alluded to doing something new. And so I'm going to dive right into it. Like, what was it yeah. like changing the first poopy diaper? Like, Tell me a bit more about that experience. You want to hear that story? <laughs> this, this is the story. So like the, the, a lot of people say you, you never, there's no right time to have a kid. You can't be prepared. I was like, yeah, fuck that. I can totally be prepared. And I was like, if I look and evaluate the, what I did, like I did a pretty good job, but I wasn't like, I hadn't changed any papers and I thought I was going to have some like practice time. And just the way the pregnancy went, like Andrea was just in pain. And so she couldn't, do anything for the first few days and like the you're at the hospital and like you don't have diapers and they have cloth diapers and a nurse and the nurse was basically like here's how you change the diaper like i'm leaving and i was like you're leaving this is like what the fuck am i supposed to do and so like i did the stupid thing and it was like it was awful like it wasn't awful but it was like i felt very similar to how I felt at jujitsu. Like I didn't know anything. I sucked at it. I I like don't know like I'm looking at YouTube videos and like and I just did it. But at that point, it's a little bit different because jujitsu, you can leave. You can't leave the baby because, like, I don't know if anyone's told you, like, if you don't care for the baby, it dies. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm just doing this. And I just jumped right in. But it was, like, super, like, it was, like, literally abrupt. Like, and we had an older nurse, and she just wasn't having it. She's like, yeah, like, I'm leaving. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. I just, I just, dude, I just changed it. Like, I literally just changed it. And I sucked at it for a while. And I would talk to the baby, be like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I suck at it. And, like, I'll get better. And, like, you kind of just, like, it was, uh, it was good. It was, it was a very good moment for me because that's when I realized things had changed because, like, the onus was on me. And, like, I have help from Andrew, but in that moment, the onus was on me. I'm like, oh, damn. Like, I get it now. Like, there's no, like, I can't just go take a break now. And that, I wasn't prepared for that, but I kind of was, but I felt it in the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And then we're going to kind of like go into the relatability of your new role. Like there's going to be a lot of like trainers. I mean, I'm friends with a few trainers that have just uh, started their, their dadding journey and they're looking for pro tips. They, they want to know like, uh, how you do what you do. Like it might not be the best way to do it, but just like they might want the insider info on like uh, efficiency throughout the day, how to yeah. stay jacked while also like keeping babies alive, um, how to integrate dog and baby into one household, etc. And I'm going to preface this by saying I actually like 
I have a very good relationship. I just, I'm super privileged. And like my situation is like, yeah, it's built out of hard work, but I understand like, I'm not a single parent. I'm not a single dad. Like this is, I say it's not hard and I understand the hardness of, of how it could be. I'm definitely not in that situation. But I think the big thing, like at least for us initially was we didn't have like, so this is like pre kid. We, I was very adamant that I didn't want children unless I was super ready to, because I didn't want to give up my life as much as it's privileged and all that stuff. It's like, I thought I could do it in a way where I didn't have to give up my teddy bears, so to speak, like boating and, and, and going to the lake and enjoying family. And I didn't want to be the person because again, I have some people throughout my life, like they would just not do anything and they would avoid people and they would, they would keep it to their own little world. And like, they wouldn't do stuff that was hard. I didn't want to do that. Like I wanted to afford being a parent and I wanted to still afford to do the stuff that I wanted to do. And I didn't want to take a hit for that. So it was a lot of planning. So the big thing was I slowly, <laughs> we downsized and all the stuff we talked about last time, but that was in preparation for this. And we may have talked about that before. So, but, and I moved online all the way while well, COVID hit sweet. So like I said, it all kind of happened. COVID hit. I had to close my gym down and now I'm online. So sweet. Now I'm at home. And so I think if you can manage it, having, and again, this is not helpful for trainers because the schedule, as you know, is we work early in the mornings and we get off at like noon to two or three. Sweet. No one's working then. Um, not that helpful, especially if you work at the gym physically and then you work at night. So my goal was how do I at least create a bigger window and I, I did that by working at home, but having a larger window so I could be present because I also did not want to be present. And that's been super helpful um, as one thing in terms of the other stuff. Like, look, this is where it's this is crazy. I know I'm like talking a lot, but when before COVID, right, you had classes, you would go to classes. And like, I don't know if that was just like a generational thing because like there was no information. But like. I was like, screw that. Like, hey, we can't do a class. And then they were like, can I do a Zoom one? And I was like, what What the hell am I going to learn on a Zoom class? And maybe that's me being um, total asshole. But I was like, I just went and read. And I learned a lot of it. And honestly, I don't know if the classes would have helped prep for it because you really don't know anything. It's like reading about biochem and nutrition and thinking that you're going to be an expert on that. Like, you should, like you, there's doctors. Let them fucking deal with it. And so, and then they tell you what to do anyways. So, but a big thing was was reading and prepping for a lot of the pregnancy stuff, obviously before and after, but then how does that align with how much free time you have or whatever? And so this sounds like super coachy, but like I planned out a lot of this, like and some of it didn't work, but having a second plan for the first plan, if it didn't fail. So how that worked out for us was we realized sleep was going to be super important for Andrea and then work was going to be super important for me and I needed to sleep. And so, long story short is, is I, because I'm home, I prepped to do a bottle feeding. And in, in my head, it was like, oh yeah, we'll do the one before bed because you can go to sleep early and then wake up early. And that, that didn't really work out because like baby doesn't really wake up at predictable times. And so I was up till three in the morning. Not, not that helpful <laughs> when I got to wake up at um, seven to do work. So we kind of switched that around, but figured out a way where we could I could help out and not just help out by being up when she's up. It was how do we both prioritize sleep and split the duties as opposed to us both freaking out and being zombies. That was probably the most important thing. Uh, doing that in, in reality was easy, 
but it was also unpredictable in terms of how that looked. But the main idea and the main principle was very strong. And I think that that helped. And obviously not everyone's gonna be in that situation, but I think that that was probably the number one thing outside of re-prepping my life to have those options. And that was a long-winded answer, but like it was basically pre-planning and like actually getting my shit together, like actually getting my shit together. And you've seen my growth. And then like having a good plan for the sleep. Because the sleep was probably the most important for anyone who's had kids or is planning on it. Yeah, they talk about being zombies, but I didn't believe that you had to be a complete zombie. And so we were a little zombie, but like if you plan it, you can be like at least like at like 65% capacity, which is like way better than 20. Well, I imagine like communication and like setting yeah. expectations and stuff makes it makes a big difference too. Like, uh, yeah. What what would be your advice on that for for anybody that just like can't seem to like sometimes people find themselves in a position where yeah. they feel like the world is out to get them and then they realize that they're not really setting the expectations that they want, whether it's in a workplace or whether it's like yeah. no matter what scenario, like what what do you what wisdom do you have to impart? You, you, you listed literally all the reasons why people are super angry with life. My wife works in conflict management. Um, she runs the team anyways, like that's her job. And the, the short answer is learn how to have tough conversations because if you don't, like it won't get said and then both sides will feel like pissed off generally, or they don't know what the problem is. So they just keep doing what they're doing or they assume one thing about the other and you can layer this onto all the shit that's happened since COVID. And like, <laughs> I won't even get into it, but there's a lot of people either not saying anything or they're b believing certain things when really it just took a conversation. And so that's the basic simple pr principle in, in, in any conflict management is, is, well, having tough conversations, but doing it respectfully. And so my wife's really good at that. And she's probably pr more to blame for our success than I am because like, I'm pretty abrasive, but like I, I learn about this stuff so I can try my best and she teaches me what it, it's, it's definitely being able to say, what you feel, but doing it respectfully so that the other person is not defensive. And I know that that's like kind of not in the realm of this discussion, but it kind of is like in a relationship, like if you don't have those conversations, it's going to get left unsaid and you're going to assume. And then we're now on different pages. Andrew and I have been really good at being mostly on the same page, except for when we're tired. We're tired, more so me, but eh, she, she's had a few blowups. But those are like, those are normal blowups. They're not like fundamental basic principle of blowups. They're like, I'm fucking tired. Can you take care of me, baby? That's okay. But like, if we had different opinions on what that meant, that would be a problem. So we've just been along the way, like having those conversations. And so that's part of the prep work coming, coming up with this is like working on, I guess, having that open line of communication. And it doesn't always work, but I mean, I think that's the main problem with any issue period with a lot of times. So yeah, is it important? Yeah, but it's like saying, hey, talking to and communicating is important, but without actually like defining what that means, no one ever does anything. So that's kind of, we do it, I guess. Well, I mean, there's carryover to training and coaching too. Like, uh, you're going to be a way more effective coach if you're able to like breach those really tough conversations in like a way that doesn't, that's not so abrasive that the person ever wants to talk to you again, but it might yeah. be in a way where it's like some serious tough love, like, We've got like mutual trainer friends that you've talked to that uh, have enlightened them on like their nutrition and been a yeah. kind of a game changer kind of thing. So like 
when it comes to nutrition coaching, like what was the first moment that you realized that that was necessary or does it come natural to you just based on like your, your personality or your background? Honestly, probably a little bit of both. Like, like in nutrition, I'm dealing with vastly different people than I did prior to. So I'm dealing with the same people I did with training. So before training, I'm dealing with students. And and a lot of times in my position, I was dealing with that risk youth. And so like dealing with those, it was like, I'm an authority figure. So it was a bit like, I guess it's not much different than coaching, but like there was like a little bit more weighing on the line. So I was a little bit more respectful, obviously. And like, there's a little bit less you can do in certain circumstances, but, um, and then prior to that, I was coaching high school football. So, I mean, between teaching and coaching like coaching a full high school team like doing everything like i was the head coach so i had like so many duties and i don't know if i talked about this before in the last podcast or one of them was like i'm dealing with like kids parents leaving and like people dying and like kids crying with depression like i'm literally dealing with all that shit on top of coaching football because that is coaching football and i think that that's what a lot of it gets lost so anyways having those conversations in a way where like you're not dealing with hey, Sally, eat your carbs or whatever, right? Like that's not really life altering. But being in situations that are a lot more serious, I learned essentially how to be empathetic, so to speak, or at least learn where that's like helpful. And so it's not manipulative, but like understanding that like I can't say something crazy in this moment because like this person's actually hurting. And so taking at least a little bit of that or at least realizing that there's a spectrum of that, that's helpful for having those conversations. And I would say less serious things like, you fighting at work is less serious than like your dad's an alcoholic. Maybe that's not everyone's opinion, but like that would be, and so you can learn to kind of dial it in. And and so a lot of the times I'm really good naturally. So this is where the second part of it comes. This is, I'm really good naturally at deflecting. (laughs) It's like, I'll say like, Hey, I'm going to be the asshole here and kind of joke about it. But like, they know it's coming because like most people know, you're going to say like, I, I don't, I like to give people a lot of credit and they understand like there's not a lot of ignorance, even though there is a little bit sometimes with science, but there's not ignorance in like the path. Like it's all pretty fucking simple in terms of nutrition and exercise and walking, like, like me learning about walking, like, duh, but you know what I mean? But doing it in a respectful way where you can like, Hey, prepare them. Hey, I'm going to be the asshole here. And like, I don't like to do this, but whatever. And then have that conversation I found has been really successful but that might be because of how I look and how I am and how I talk. And so again, that's where it's personal to me and it's natural to how I do things. But I think that it's helpful if that makes sense. So it's like a little bit of both. And then obviously learning about the stuff, having a wife in like literally an expert at this stuff and then reading about psychology and reading about coaching and then applying it and learning it and getting better and making mistakes. Like I've had really bad conversations, a lot of them, and I still have bad conversations. And I'm like, yeah, I probably dealt with that a little bit. Awful. Like, I can't just use the same tactic all the time. And so it's just a refinement. And then you start to pick up stuff as you go. Well, the thing that stood out to me a lot with what you were just sharing was, like, your teaching experience. I mean, like, yeah. people don't value their old jobs nearly enough. Mm-hmm. Like, every job helps. Like, if a person's sort of, like, in a... in a phase in their life where they're just doing odd jobs. Like everything that you yeah. do is going to contribute to your success in the future. Like every okay. single like side job I've done, I've been like, Holy crap. I learned something. I thought it was like a waste of time, but like it was actually valuable for the experience. 
Yeah, and like weirdly, like my experience was hyper specific to the stuff I was gonna deal with in fitness because it was like I said, it was less intense. It was like being thrown into like the NFL of shit problems you have to deal with because like I was dealing with that risk youth and I say shit problems. I mean like it was just a lot at that age where I was dealing with like I was still a kid like I was 26 27 and I'm like I was at center high and like a lot of it like it's it's literally at risk youth second language learners um we have a lot of indigenous and like a lot of people that did poorly in school or like were part of gangs and stuff and, like I would have a rap list of like like I had hundreds of students and I was part of a program where I'm dealing with a lot of it and so I got to see a lot of it firsthand and it didn't like, it didn't necessarily scare me, but like it hardened me to like, this is what the world looks like in this part of it. And like, when we look at fitness problems, yeah, there's other stuff underlying a lot of it. If we look at like socioeconomic status and all that stuff, right? Race, whatever, gender, but to a lesser extent, when we're dealing with people's education and like careers and like at that point they're aged 18 to 21 years old they're at a very pinnacle time in their life pivotal time sorry and like it's just a lot different when i'm dealing with fitness problems i don't necessarily treat it as less serious but like it's a lot easier than that and so it's like if i'm just even like 30 percent good at that i'm a good coach in the fitness realm because i'm dealing with stuff on the daily on the hour almost and so it hardened me to like, yeah, this is like a walk at the park. And it, I don't feel like it's a walk in the park. It's not, but it's a lot less stressful than where I was at. And so I like, I like embrace it because now I'm barely proficient at this thing. And I, I get to do it at a way lesser level. It's like going from the NFL and going and playing the CFL. It's like, well, like I'm going to do good. <laughs> um, and I'm a shitty NFL player. And I'm a really good CFL player. So anyways, yeah. That's funny. Um, with regards to uh, being a dog owner and a dad, like, yeah. did, well, Penny's a good dog. So, I mean, Penny's that, really that goes dog. without saying. But, like, what what's the integration been there? Like, do they get along? Like, I, I can see that they, they seem to get along. Like, they're, they, she kind of looks out, they look out for each other in a way. But uh, talk, to about, talk about that a bit. Sort of. This is like the same answer as my last. I haven't kid. I pre-planned this, and so like <laughs> if you're gonna train a dog, like this is my personal opinion. But like I think you should be prepared, especially dogs, because they can't communicate the same way. Like, you have to be ready to put the effort into training, and that's just my personal opinion. And I think a lot of people adopt dogs that they're not prepared for, and then that dog has a less than desirable life. They had someone who was prepared, and so I was super prepared, and like I knew I wasn't ready at that point to take on. Um, adoption like we we had fostered puppies and stuff so i knew kind of the process uh, we work for calican local company that does small dogs from kill shelters in california so if you want to do that do that um but i trained the shit out of my dog is what i'm saying and so i have it pretty easy that being said i wasn't like i was kind of prepared for it but penny got like not necessarily super like distant but she was a lot unsure and so she would stay pretty far away and just kind of sleep in like the couch or like our bedroom and it, that was super weird i wasn't prepared for her to like and i, I don't know her feelings I don't, I don't talk dog brain but like she seemed like she's like i know where i am in the pack and it's a little bit lower now and i think like she was a staying up with andrea and now she doesn't do that she's kind of learned but she, she was really tired and so i wasn't prepared for her to be like a shadow of her former self but she had kind of adjusted differently than I thought if that makes sense and so my biggest thing was how do I make her a priority obviously we're doing walks now so that's helpful she can go on walks 
but like last night like andrew was super busy she was cleaning and there was just it was a busy day with the kid and i made time to i got home from jujitsu and it was like almost dark and i'm like i gotta take this dog out and like really being again i bought this dog i committed to this dog and so like i don't want to go for a walk right now and go through the ball the park it's freaking nine o'clock or whatever it was but you do that because like it's not your life. I don't want this dog to have a shitty life. So anyways, just making it a priority is the hard part. And so I don't know how she's integrating, to be honest. It seems like she's doing well. She like now like licks the baby and like hangs out. But she's not bad or aggressive. She's been like, super awesome. The baby has no clue what's going on. She's ten weeks old and she sees a furry thing and it's like like it, it hits her sort of. And then she's like, like this is just another toy. That's <laughs> I don't awesome. know what the baby thinks. Maybe probably thinks it's like, yeah, this moving red thing of fur that I have no idea what the name of it is because I don't have any language and I don't can't believe that yet. So maybe I don't know what baby thinks. Well, I think it goes back to the theme of like you get it what you put in, like when it comes to strength training, like if you have like mm. these expectations to get really, really strong, like you're going to have to put in a lot of effort and figure out what yeah. effort looks like for you. And if you want to have like a really well behaved dog, it's going to take a lot of like dedication and uh, yeah. communication in dog ways, like however that looks. But uh, yeah. Well, and that goes like, and I sound like, like, yeah, obviously it's really easy to be prepared and stuff, but it's like, I didn't get a dog till I was... I was graduated university and like and I I was at university for a long time because I was a shit student. So I was at university for seven and a half years. <laughs> but I got two degrees, so it's I caught up. And so anyways, the point is like I could have got a dog way earlier and that dog had had a shit life, but I really wanted to like do it right, if that makes sense. And so I didn't delayed what I wanted to do it right. And I I've continued to do that. Because that's what I believe. And again, I'm, I know not everyone's in that situation, but I think if you go and purchase a dog and like you're willing to commit to that, like that's a bigger choice than most people give it credit for. And I think that is the problem. It's like they're not prepared because like we, it's really easy to buy a dog. You literally walk in, like ours, we had to go on a wait list because it was like a golden doodle and they're like really popular, bougie dogs. But like you can walk to a shelter right now and like you had to do background checks and like most people aren't psychopaths. So they'll give you a dog um, for the most part. But like most of them aren't prepared, in my opinion. And so that goes without saying, but like I've tried to take that route for most things because I know what the opposite end looks like because I see examples everywhere. Like that dog is bad. Like that's a bad dog. Your dog bit someone. Like I don't want to do that because like that's someone's like that's a lot. Like, that dog is getting put down. I do not want to be responsible for that. So I took that path with the stuff I've done and uh, I feel like that's the right way. But someone can challenge me, I guess. But no, it all makes sense. You shouldn't be prepared for stuff because it has implications on your life. Most people don't have that inner conversation where I just try to. Uh, it's really helpful. <laughs> and that's sarcasm, passive aggressive, but I'm serious. Like I do, I don't like that about dog ownership a lot of times is because it ultimately falling on dog's life, quality of life. And that, that sucks. Well, it completely kind of confirms my own like thoughts about dog ownership. Like I, it would have been great to have a dog during this pandemic, mm -hmm. me living alone. But at the same time, it's like, I want to be ready and I'm not ready yet. There's a lot of like things that I want to line up, things that I want to mm -hmm. like be prepared for. And so like, I can see that coming up, but, uh, just it, it makes sense and I think it can be applied to any big steps that people make like some people yeah. want to start up a brick and mortar gym some people want to be like a 
like a branded online trainer and like sometimes it just you can you can be on your way to that but you don't have to make the big step until you're ready and there's nothing wrong with that like you can still build build the bricks behind the scenes yeah. get the knowledge do the research all that stuff well that's the, the the nature of coaching and so like we talk about experience and stuff and like you, you sort of see that you can apply these concepts to a lot of things but a lot of the main element of human nature is is, is again they don't want to delay gratification, especially when like we're designed evolutionarily to like, well, if we have, if there's honey there, I'm going to eat all the honey and like, it's good. And it's like, it fills me and satiates me, yada, yada, yada. But like, if you tell someone like, Hey, don't like it when they're a starving indigenous, Hadza tribe, like if there's food, like they're going to fucking eat it. And so you, you take, like take that with anything. It's like, if I could go buy a dog, you're going to like, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to not do that. It's hard to delay gratification, especially in a world where it's super easy to gratify yourself instantly. And so I've just tried to take that concept and I'm not like, let's have tattoos and stuff. Like I'm, I'm very, there's, there's a lot of things where I don't apply that concept, but in terms of big rocks and stuff that has big implications like dog ownership, like my finances, like having a child, even uh, training to a lesser extent, but to health, right? I try to take that because again, it's really easy to go off the path because it's so easy to, like we've created a world where we can literally do whatever we want. It's hard to hold back and do the hard thing. So I've just tried to do that and I've been naturally good at that. I don't know where I got that from, but yeah, maybe it's because I've been injured all the time and I've had to claw my way back. But like, if I didn't do things right, I wasn't successful. So I just kind of naturally, intuitively learned. And then when I went and read about it, I'm like, oh, okay, good. The good thing I was like a complete dummy growing up because like my life might look vastly different. And so, again, I don't know where that pivotal moment was, but I've been doing it for a while. So taking a quick segue, you do a lot of stuff with Jeb Stewart Johnston. Like yeah, you boy. are attached. It's like you are one person sometimes. The number of times I've tagged you both in, in Instagram stuff. And it's like when there's things that Jeb did that you didn't do, it takes everything in me to not tag you. Cause I'm like, well, I can't just not tag Dean. Like, but yeah. I just kind of want to know how did that start? Where is that headed? What's it like? Tell, tell us all about that bromance. <laughs> Jeb is someone I highly respect and like, I don't know if it was always like that because we didn't really know each other, but we bonded over over a lot of this stuff we're talking about. Like a lot of it started with training and like some of the advanced stuff that we were learning. Again, and then a lot of the psychology aspect stuff Jeb's really into. And so I guess we would have bonded over um, coaching experience and psychology and, and human nature and evolution and all this stuff. And how does it apply to this stuff? And it's just essentially like we see things very similar, but Jeb is we're also very different. And so I actually learned a lot from Jeb. And Jeb is willing to call me out probably because he's from New York and he calls out everyone. <laughs> he's very abrasive, even though he's like the most well-spoken. I've said this on, on our podcast. It's like, I don't know why people think Jeb's so nice. Jeb's like the meanest individual on this planet. Um, he's just really good at um, speaking in a way that everyone is good with. But he's pretty good at calling me out my shit. So he's actually helped refine or at least explain a lot of what we do. And so... There's a lot of it where we've just bonded over coaching and similar experience. But I say similar experience. My life is vastly different from Jeb's. I almost learn more from Jeb's vast experience that I don't know how much he devolves to, but Jeb's like a vampire. He's lived like fucking 10 different lives. And I'm like, how old are you? You're only 40? Like, what? You've done more than I've done. 
for like my whole lifetime in like one of your lifetimes. And so it's nice when you have a guy like that because I get better being around him. But we also see things very similar. So it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's just like you, there's certain people that you just kind of connect with. And yeah, like, so personally, if Jeb likes me, I'm super pumped because like I, my filter now, and I don't know if you've had Mike Dole on here, but Mike, Mike and I's filter for the things that we say and think, I was like, what would Jeb say? And if it, I, if, if it passes Jeb's filter at least a little bit, like, I'm like, okay, I can, I'm, I'm on the right path. Even though I don't believe Jeb, everything Jeb does is like the best. Generally, Jeb's pretty critical. So if it can pass that, I'm like on the right play, so to speak. And so, yeah, that's Jeb. So you guys work together on your podcast. Um, any yeah. other big things on, on the horizon for you guys or just still kind of things that are a work in progress? Yeah, I know you know this answer. We're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're writing a, a book. Did you ever have Mike Nelson on? Not yet. Yeah. Not yet? Okay. I think we should. But he's super busy. But anyways, we, we, we're all friends through Costa Rica and Ben House and a lot of stuff we do. So, And Mike's a pretty close friend of mine as well. And so with the nutritional stuff we're doing and high flux idea a lot of them we're doing on the treadmill stuff just more activity more food how do you do diet differently how do you maintain weight loss long term without it being crazy dumb bullshit myth stuff that everyone talks about where they just eat less forever and it doesn't work and they're like oh my god diets don't work we, we do shit but anyways putting that in a book format is kind of our side project that we're kind of working on just because oddly enough, no one really talks about it and I'm super surprised. And so, yeah, we're just kind of refining that concept through our coaching. We have a large pool of people that we work with. And so that experience more or less in a book is kind of what we're working on. But again, I don't know when that flushes out. It's just, it's been kind of nice because it gives us something to, I guess, push very similar to the jujitsu and training, but do it so in our career so that we're, it's not just like work. It's like we're trying to create something and, and refine something and do something as opposed to just bitch about something. And so that's that makes sense. I don't know when that comes. Um, I don't know the name. I want the name to be um, get fluxed, hashtag get fluxed as a reference to, and I'll say it, get fucked. <laughs> but I don't know if that's going to work. It might be be more Amish. It might be, it probably won't be any of those. But if I have my way, it's get fluxed. Makes sense. And I mean, to keep us kind of on track, because we tend to run on and on, and I have a feeling I'll, I'll have you back in like a year's time for sure. Yeah. We've um, been good though, I, what, I swear. What's that? We've been good today. Oh yeah, like we've yeah. been well behaved. Yeah. Um, if you were to give the audience a challenge for the day, and like we're, we're in totally different times, so you got to be a little bit creative with your challenges. Like... I've heard some things repeated. There's got to be something unique to you that only yeah. you would advise a podcast oh, audience easy. to do. So what would it be? be? Easy. And I was thinking about this before because I was like, I was getting ready for, I'm not getting ready. I was getting my coffee and I'm like, oh, fuck, Chris is going to ask me <laughs> the challenge. My challenge, and this is like, I'll, I'll insert my bias here that I don't really give a shit about whatever excuses you have because it's super easy. Yet, more movement, whatever this is. And this is what I tell my clients. I'm like, I'm not looking for you to be the best stepper possible. Like, obviously you have a life, you have kids, whatever, work, life's busy, life's stressful. I want you to optimize how much movement you can get throughout the day in any form, be creative. And so I get a lot of people, well, how do I get more movement? I'm like, well, you fucking walk. 
<laughs> and as horrible as that sounds, one step's more than zero, 10 steps more than one, hundreds more than 10. It's a very easy metric to track. Whether if you have a cell phone, you can do it, no excuses. Just look to get more than you're currently getting. And if you don't know how much you're currently getting, track how much you're getting if you don't think about it, whether that's a phone or tracker. And, and I thought about this just like literally, like right before you asked, optimize and get more. I don't care what that is, but there's no excuse and it kills a million birds with one stone, like a million. It's like the, if I was going to be a guru about one thing, it's like people need to move more because of the world we live in, not because of some fucking weight loss bullshit. You need to be stronger, be outside. It's like we live in a very modern environment that we don't get enough movement. And again, it's a catch all, but there's so many benefits that I don't even need to explain it to people. So do more. And it's not that even though it can be hard, figure it out. That makes sense. And with that being said, that'll wrap it up for us today. So thank you so much for for coming back on the show. Yeah, no problem. And I I hope you can find a soundbite there because I swore. And I know you have good video editing skills, so you can figure that out now. But yeah, it was good. It was good.